Life's uncertain journey. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Life's Uncertain Journey's Blog Talk Radio broadcast live for Tuesday, May the 12th, 2020. Alicia and I are so glad to have you all joining us. I am Nadine Davis the host for tonight's broadcast, and I would also like to welcome our co-host, Alicia Lockhart. Say hey, Liz. Hey, welcome, everybody. <laughs> okay. So at least we were trying to uh, go live <clears throat> tonight on Facebook, and uh, <clears throat> for some reason, it looks like they must have kicked us out. Oh, no. Yep, they kicked us out, Lisa. But we're not we're not gonna worry about it. We're just gonna keep on ticking. Uh and go ahead on and <clears throat> do what the Lord told us to do. <clears throat> as far as this broadcast. Um we'd also like to welcome all of our faithful listeners that join us each and every week. Uh we thank God for you and for your prayers for us and <clears throat> for your continued support. We're actually uh simultaneously broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina, and from Wake Forest, North Carolina, where Alicia is. And um, I really think that's neat, considering all the restrictions that we've been had to come under here lately. But uh, anyway, before we, <clears throat> before we um, move on in our broadcast, I'm going to ask my husband to please pray over our broadcast tonight. Johnny, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. One thing I was just thinking about is uh, Romans 9 and 10. When Romans uh, 10, 9 and 10, when it says, uh, once we confess with our mouths that uh, Jesus is Lord and lean in our heart that we are saved. Uh, but that's just the initial beginning. And most people like to remain there. And a lot of pastors preach, once saved, always saved, and so they never grow. Well, Jesus actually told his disciples, uh, he said, uh, by this time you should be eating meat, you know, but uh, oh ye mm-hmm. of little faith. Also, uh, there's times in the Bible where it says that we must grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we aren't taught, but it's something that we must do. We must, uh, uh, one of the parts of the Bible says we must gain wisdom, you know. Wisdom is growing in knowledge and wisdom of God. But it's not taught. And as long as we have people in front of us who we worship instead of uh, going to the Father directly, as Christ said, we're now mm-hmm. the sons and daughters of God. We, we actually go to our Father directly. But it's not taught. And so what, I'm asking the Lord to open our minds and hearts to realize who we really are. We're his children. We don't have to go through a priest or a pastor or elder or anybody. We can go directly Amen. to our Father. He says, anybody who seeks wisdom, who wants to know him, simply ask. Just simply ask. Just call on his name. You know, so we, we've been bamboozled so long that we always go into somebody and say, well, how do we pray? Praying is talking to your father. we got earthly mothers and fathers, and the Lord gives an example, say, if he asks an earthly mother and father for bread, how much more, how much more? Our father is the creator of heaven and earth. Our true Amen. father. We are visiting here. But, Father, I thank you for the knowledge. I thank you to the Father of Heaven that you're revealing things, Lord, and that 
You want us to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of you, Lord. We don't, we should not stay yeah. babies. You said we should grow into young adults where we can teach others what you've taught us. This, the Father heaven, discipleship is growing, the Father heaven, not only growing and following, but we follow people who follow you, but other people following us as we follow you, Lord. Help us, the Father, be true to the word, not just readers of the word and just pass by it, but the Father have become let it become part of us. As we eat food and become nourishment, let that word that we read, the Father, become nourishment to our spirit, man, the Father yes, have it. We yes, decrease and he then you to increase, Lord. Father Heaven, we have been blue so long that we've searching out the people for our answers. And you're the answer. We got all kind of things going on around us. And we're acting like no surprise. We got all these different holidays and birthdays and all that stuff. Well Lord, you said all every day we're to celebrate. Not just one day of the week. Mother's Day is not one day. It's every day that we celebrate our moms. Every day that Father we celebrate those who are the leadership. Every day that Father Heaven and we recognize those who are authority over us every day, Lord. Let us follow your ways, Lord, not just worldly ways, Lord. We've been bamboozled long enough that we should stop to Father Heaven and recognize who we are, Lord. We're the leaders. We're your children. We're to tell others that that's what your word says, that we are to make disciples. Once we have been disciples, to make disciples. Lord, make us disciples, Lord. Increase our knowledge and to you. But Father, have us people see us, they see you and us, and us and you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, sweetheart. Praise God. Well, um, Alicia, I sent you the uh, uh, broadcast ID information and a text. And if you want to uh, go ahead on and share that, and if not, I'll go ahead and do that. But uh, we're just doing a little test here tonight. Get it? I think I have it. I- and, um, but you what, know it already. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Uh, what we'd like to share with you is that Life of a Certain Journey Radio is a weekly interactive Christian broadcast. Mm-hmm. Listeners that join us from all over the U.S. And we have five countries that's also listening. That's pretty big and significant. Mm-hmm. So um, also, um, John Davis and Nadine Oversee Charlotte Christian Fellowship which is an outreach ministry commissioned to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And Nadine Husband and my brother, our brother John, also hosts a weekly radio broadcast called New Beginning, along with his co-host, Brother Booker Alexander. And their broadcast is every Wednesday evening at 7, and they too are pro- proclaiming the gospel as they conduct a chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Genesis. Excuse me. They would love to have you join them if you'd like to. But and to do so, you can just dial six five seven three eight three one six two four. That's six five seven three eight three one six two four every Wednesday at um, seven p.m. So great. Thank you, ma'am. Amen. Thank you, darling. No worries. Um, because uh, of all that that's happening around us in our world, I'm compelled to share the gospel message with everyone. It's the primary reason we're even on this uh, a broadcast. That's one of the reasons God, I believe, opened this door for us, was to be able to share the gospel with everybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. And as Alicia just shared, uh, we've got people listening from every state in the United States and four countries around the world. 
Uh, we have even received email confirmation from those that are lit far away as uh, Nigeria and uh, Africa and Pakistan and India. So we know that the message is getting out. But for those that choose to, to log in, and I know that God has appointed those that he wants to hear this message. And so it is for those people that we are here, for those people that are searching for answers, looking for God, or they just might happen chance, well, not happen chance, but they just might happen on our broadcast and hear this glorious gospel and give their lives to Christ. So a part of our our weekly uh, broadcast time is dedicated to sharing that gospel. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in Acts 17, uh, 30 through 31, that God commands that all men and women everywhere repent. And here's why. Because he has set a day to judge this whole world. It's a set day. He knows, though nobody else knows, but he knows when that day is. But this is why repentance is so important. And in many cases, the churches don't share that part of us. They want us to give our lives to Christ void of a repentance experience. And and I'm telling you, that's one of the reasons we have so many stillbirths in the kingdom, so many people who are stunted in their their spiritual development because they've never been they never heard of the word repentance. So uh, repentance is very, that's right, don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. Uh, But repentance is key. It's very important to God that that part is a part of our conversation with him. And basically repentance actually means to change your mind, change your direction. Whatever, Whatever way you were going before, it's the wrong way. So now turn around, not, not a 360 turnaround, but turn around and go towards God. He's waiting for you. And that's what the whole repentance thing is about. If we don't change our minds, change our direction, then we will continue down that path that leads to destruction. But God wants us to head in his direction. Finally, I know you've heard John 3.16. John 3.16 said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but that he would have everlasting life. And that message is a message of God's love for you. He wants you to know that he loves you. He's not out to, to, you know, jump on you because of all the bad things you did or said or all those other kinds of things. As a matter of fact, he wants to forgive you. for. As a matter of fact, you're already forgiven. You just don't know it. But if you come to him, he wants you to receive that forgiveness because what comes with forgiveness is you get to you get to uh, drop that guilt conscience, you know, that you're always looking down at yourself and, you know, you did this wrong and you did that wrong and I ain't no good and I'm a wretch of a woman, a wretch of a man, all those kind of things. That sin consciousness has to go. Because the Bible says it is for liberty, it is for freedom that Christ died. He doesn't want you bound by your past circumstances. He wants you free so that you can learn about your your father, walk this new walk that that has been prepared for you, and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip up a little bit. But God wants you to give you the freedom to even trip up, okay? You're going to make mistakes. But he says what I've done is I have taken you now that you have – uh, agree to allow my son to be the captain of your life and let him be the Lord of your life, God transitions you from a spiritual state of worldliness to a spiritual state of righteousness. It's not your righteousness. 
gives his son the righteousness because there was an ex- when Jesus died, God put all of our sins, and don't ask me to explain it because I don't know how. However, Scripture tells us that he put all of our sins on his son, Jesus Christ, and he, he allowed Jesus to be crucified and pay the penalty that we were supposed to pay. Okay? But the exchange is this. Jesus took our sins and all of his goodness, his righteousness, and everything else was put on us. How do you like that? I mean, I don't think there's a better scenario for life than God freely gives you a get-out-of-jail-free card because of Jesus Christ. And so once we have um, embraced that salvation not only has been provided to us but is available to us through Jesus Christ, things begin to change. We repent from that old direction, and believe it, believe this, beloved, most of us were going the wrong direction because we didn't know no better. We probably, I know for me, I didn't know there was another direction. You know, I thought what I saw in this world and this planet and the evil, the people, the trouble and all that, I thought that was life. You know, there was nothing else until Jesus came along. And he showed me, oh, yeah. He says, I came to bring you life and an abundant life. And so um, that's what Jesus has provided. He has provided a new and abundant life for everybody that comes to him, for everyone that accepts him as their Lord and Savior. And so that's my message to you. The whole gospel message is about God's love for you, you see. You belong to him. You belong to God. God created you, okay? And so what happened is Satan came along, and he just lured us away from our father. You know, just like I said, you know, the pedophiles lure their children away with shiny things and sweet candies and stuff like that. Well, Satan lured us away with some of the sweet candies and the shiny things of this world, and we wound up leaving our father. And so there we were in the world's camp, and who rules the world's camp? Satan does. So we're in his territory without God, with no knowledge of God, with no knowledge of who we are, just wandering around. So uh, God had to put a stop to that. So he did that by sending his son, and he winds up uh, being the one who is able to give us life. The world may belong to Satan, beloved, but guess what? We don't. We don't belong to him. He stole us. We were, we were you know, uh, kidnapped and brought to a foreign land, a foreign country that God didn't intend for us. When I talk about the foreign land and the foreign country, the scripture says, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God, and this is uh, John John, 1 John five eighteen and 19, he says, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. Did you know that? That as children of God, Satan can't touch us? You know why? Because we're in Christ. He, he's afraid of Christ. But that's where we are. We are children of God, and the world around us is under the control of the evil one. So, that whole plot that Satan had against God and against us to bring us into bondage and servitude to him has been totally annihilated by Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. And that's why salvation is, because if you don't have salvation, then that means that you're still in, in Satan's clutches and he can do with 
do with you anything any way you want to. And believe me, he doesn't play fair. He'll use you up and then throw you away. So we're kept from darkness by the Son of God. Jesus Christ is our elder brother. He's our high priest, our advocate, and he's our friend. And he, he did what his father asked him to do by coming and dying for us. The love came from our father. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And I've said this before, you've heard the old adage, if you ever want anything done right, do it yourself. But that's basically what God did. God came through his son to get us out of bondage to Satan. And God wants to provide for us the wonderful heritage that he has for all of his children. So I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but if you're listening and this is in any way touching your heart, I want to tell you a little bit more. I want to be explaining this, this whole gospel message to you in a better way. So if you would just um, email me at lifeuncertainjourney at gmail.com, I will be more than happy to reach out to you. The same thing if you need prayer, you're going through some things and you don't understand what's happening, I'm available. So just give us um, journey at gmail.com an email, and I'm sure, and we will definitely get back to you. But let me pray for you before you go. Father, I thank you right now for those that are hearing this gospel message. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would move upon their hearts and give them a desire and a longing for you, a longing for the truth, Father, that only you can give them. I pray in Jesus' name that they would uh, do the uh, due diligence and email me so that, uh, Father God, I can put them in touch with people who can help them along their journey as they find their way towards you. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Now, I'm going to ask everyone to please mute your phone. Um, because we're going to open up the mic. And we know we don't want the background noise to interfere with our conversation tonight. So if I am opening up... Okay, there's some reverb I'm getting back from one of the phones. There's a clicking noise that's, that we can hear. So I'm not going to be able to turn your mic on. And um, a lot of times that happens when we are around, like, uh, some kind of electronic device, you know. Picking it up. And it's picking, yeah, it picks it picks up the the frequency or something, and it turns out to be a tick, tick, tick noise over over the airways. And I'm sorry, but I cannot, uh, I won't be able to open your 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 mic until because of that noise. So um, anyway, we want to get on with our conversation tonight. Uh, please keep your phones muted uh, until you want to speak. And then if you do want to speak, don't forget you're going to have to turn the mute off so that we can hear you. If you want to share your name, you can. You don't have to. And uh, by all means, if the Holy Spirit deposits uh, a revelation or something to share, please do. Um, Alicia and I, we thank God for the the privilege he gives us in doing this, but we're not the answer women. And so we know that God can speak through any of his children. So don't hold back. Please feel free to, to share. And like I said, you don't have to give your name. Uh, the same thing goes for any questions or comments that you might have. Amen? 
Amen. Praise God. Alicia, before I move forward, anything you want to share? I just want to piggyback on what you said about um, not holding back, getting mm-hmm. involved. This is not Nadine and Alicia's um, broadcast. This is our broadcast, and it's actually God's broadcast, and mm-hmm. we're just um, being obedient and using, let him use us as a way to get closer and you know, know him better. Exactly, exactly. Thank you. All right. Um, last week we had a uh, a wonderful broadcast, and uh, generally what Alicia and I try to do uh, is we try to debrief and talk over some of the things that we uh, that were shared online and uh, allow God to use us to, to um, just see some things that he may want us to, to look deeper into. And so last week uh, Alicia had some great questions that followed uh, the broadcast last week, and, and I want to talk about um, those questions that she asked me last week. Uh, the first thing, Alicia, if I don't say it right, you can correct me, but the first thing she wanted to know, she wanted to know more about the odds that I shared last week of biblical examples of uh, people that were saved from God's judgment. Um, so, I, so if I can just add to that okay. so that those who were here last week could, um, like, be on the same page. Um, Nadine was talking about the odds, but more specifically what was said, the quote was, did we know only two actually got into the promised land, right? And six um, eight. were, and eight got saved from the flood. Mm-hmm. Right, got saved from the flood. So those numbers perked up my ears. And so when we debriefed, I said, Nadine, where is that two and six thing? I don't, you know, I read the Bible, I didn't see it. So if I have it, I know someone else has that question. So let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and that's rightfully so. I mean, because, Actually, those are really stark numbers. They yeah. really cause your hair to stand up on your head because if you're considering the fact that there's going to be another big day of judgment that's coming, and if those were the odds that those people had, and if that's any indication to our odds, it can get a little concerning. And so um, uh, I wanted to to uh, go deeper into that this week Um I had mentioned that uh, after God had warned uh, through Noah that the world was coming to an end, uh, nobody paid him any attention, okay? They laughed at him, you know, and scorned him the whole time he was building the ark uh, because Noah did believe God. He believed that what God told him was going to go down was going to go down, and so he took did the due diligence to prepare under God's direction, not only for himself but also for his family. So that means that while Noah was doing all this, his family had to know also what all was going on because they jumped in to help him build this ark. So to me, that says that Noah shared what God told him with his family. And they bought into it. And they got to help him, uh, got to jump in and help him build, uh, build that ark. So you can uh, read about that in, in Genesis, of course, but uh, the confirming scripture, um, and I always like to tell people that um, it's one thing to know the scriptures. It's another thing to learn how to rightly divide it. Uh, you have to know that there's just so many people that have gone off on a tangent on one scripture and didn't take the time to balance it out with, 
what what the intent of the scripture is, which is being able to rightly divide it. And if you remember, I think I mentioned last week how Jesus was able to do that when Satan told him that it's written in Psalm 91 that the angels would give you get charge over you. Well, if anybody believed the scriptures, Jesus did, and he knew that that was true because he's the one who said it. He's the living word, right? But he also knew that he told Satan, it is also written that you don't tempt God. So when you balance that that information out, you don't go jump off no building because you think angels going to come beg you up. I mean, that's just, and you don't want to do that because there's a law called gravity that's going to grab hold of you and take you places you don't want to go. But what God desires to happen is that you learn how to rightly divide his truth and know that you don't tempt God like that. No. You don't no, tempt him. What you do do is check in with the Holy Spirit and have discernment over what God's telling you. And did he tell you to throw yourself off a cliff? No. He <laughs> told you that. That's right. Jesus knew who he was talking to. So um, rightly dividing the word so. The Old Testament in Genesis, you read the story about Noah and all that they did to get ready for uh, for the flood. But also in First Peter uh, 3.20, it says, uh, those who disobeyed God long ago, when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat, only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. You know, as I'm telling you, I mean, I know there may not have been millions of people, you know. I would expect that there would at least been a few hundred thousand of people, you know. But the, the, the issue is that they were warned. They were warned. Noah, Noah kept trying to tell them, y'all, it's going to rain. But they didn't listen. And the other example that um, I was sharing with Felicia about was uh, the Israelites, that um, right after God had allowed them to come out of quarantine because he sent, sent a plague into Egypt to kill all the firstborn sons, sons of Egypt, and he told them that they could leave and go to the promised land that he had, was preparing for them, that there were over 600,000 people that came out with Moses in search of the promised land. However, out of that original crew, only two of them actually entered the promised land. That's in Numbers 32, verses 10 through 12, where it says, all of those all of those I rescued from Egypt, no one who is 20 years old or older will ever see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For they have not obeyed me wholeheartedly. The only exception of those that will see this promised land is Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzites, and Joshua, son of Nun. For they have wholeheartedly, two people, 600,000 came out, and he said, except for the 
the young ones, those who were 20 years or younger, 21 years or younger, they got to go into the promised land. But all their parents, God waited till all of them were gone. And then he, he had Joshua and Caleb lead them into the promised land. So these these are these are troubling numbers. Mm-hmm. Now that particular story is also confirmed in First uh, Corinthians ten. Uh, in First Corinthians ten verses, uh-huh. is that me? Me, Scott. Okay. First um, Corinthians ten through eleven. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to turn. I had to turn my phone off. Uh, Let's go, go to, oh, okay. Because my 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 uh, phone has all these bells and whistles, also. But in First Corinthians ten, I'm going to uh, go there so I can read it to you. First uh, Corinthians ten is the uh, the confirming scripture to what was written about this activity that took place with Israel. So in First Corinthians ten, it says, "For well, I don't want you to be unaware, believers." that our fathers were all under the cloud in which God's presence went before them. And they all passed miraculously and safely through the Red Sea. And all of us know the story. When Israel came out of bondage and went to the promised land, they came up to the Red Sea. And Moses used his rod to part the Red Sea so that they could go over on dry land. So that's what they're talking about there. And all of them were baptized into Moses, into his safekeeping as their leader in the cloud and in the sea. Now, the cloud represented the Holy Spirit because that was the, 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 the uh, pillar of fire that led them by night and a pillar of smoke that guided them through the day. They didn't know where they were going, but they were guided by the Holy Spirit that was in the form of that cloud that guided them by day and the pillar of fire that took them by night. So that's what they're talking about there. So in the cloud of the sea, and all of them ate the same spiritual food all of them drank the same spiritual drink, but they were drinking from a spiritual rock which flowed, which followed them, and that rock was Christ Jesus. I don't know if any of you all remember that uh, Moses didn't go into the promised land either because it was at that rock when the people were complaining that uh, Moses got angry with them. He got angry with them, and he misrepresented who God was to the people. And God said, well, since you, know, since you mis- misrepres- misrepresented me to the people, you can't go in either. And so he didn't. But uh, God told, told Moses to speak to the rock because the people wanted water. But Moses, uh, no, to hit the rock, Moses hit the rock once, and when it didn't come out, he struck it a second time. And so that God said, I didn't tell you to do that. So nevertheless, God was not pleased with those people, most of them. They were scattered along the ground in the wilderness because of their lack of self-control that led to disobedience, which led to death. Now, these things, the warnings and admonitions, took place as example for us. That's what I want you to get. What happened to Israel in the, in, in, when they did not go into the promised land happened to them as an example for us so that we would not crave evil things like they did, that we won't be worshiping idols and, and handmade gods, as some of them did. Just as it is written in Scripture, the people sat down, they ate, and they drank. I mean, it, the business was going on as usual, you know, and then they wound up sacrificing to uh, an Egyptian god. You know, they lived in Egypt, but they weren't supposed to worship the gods that Egypt worshipped. 
So we must not indulge in, and I'm reading from the Amplified, we must not indulge in nor tolerate sexual immorality, as some of them did, and 23,000 suddenly fell dead in a single day. We must not tempt the Lord, that is, test his patience, question his purpose, or exploit his goodness, as some of them did. And do not murmur uh, in unwarranted discontent, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happen to them as an example. It's stated twice. These things happen as an example and a warning to us. They were written for our instruction to admonish and equip us, to get us ready, upon whom, to equip us upon whom the ends of the ages have come. We are living in the end of the ages. That's our time. So 1 Corinthians 10 is saying, look, you see what happened to Israel. You see why it happened to them. Now, this is a warning so that you don't do the same thing because just like they didn't go in, you won't go in either. When Jesus comes, you won't know it. He'll be coming gone before you even recognize that he has come come to uh, to, to redeem his people. So, so that's First Corinthians ten, and did you start reading at verse one? One through eleven. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and you notice that the warning was written is written in there twice. This is a warning to us. So we can't we can't go on making the same mistakes that they did. It's not warned. If you don't have a forewarning, then you really don't have anything to go by. But once you've been warned, uh, how does it say? Uh, once you've been once you've been told, you're accountable for what you know. They say when you know better, you do better. That's, that's yeah, that's it. When you know better, you do better. And that's what God desires to happen in our lives. Beloved, we can't go on continuing to uh, be ignorant to uh, not only the signs of our time and what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us at this hour, because some people are trivializing it. I mean, even right now today, it baffles my mind that of all the people that have already died, all right, and there is no cure for this thing, the government says, don't worry, be happy, go on back out in, into the fray. You know, yeah, you know, the virus may be out of there, may be out there, but, you know, we got to make money. I mean, basically, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is the economy is tanking. And there, there, there are consequences to that, too. But what we're not seeing is we're acting like the the economy is the way that it is because of the coronavirus. That's the wrong analogy. Right. You see? It has, the, the coronavirus is a problem of itself, which has brought forth fruit, which is death, financial uh, 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 ruin. All of these things are God trying to get our attention, and we're still missing it. We're still missing it. And, and so we're still missing it. And so like our conversation, Nadine, 
I know, um, you know, the question came to mind, okay, mm-hmm. missing it. So what does it look like to get it? Mm-hmm. What, what does, I wrote down the question, what does God want us to do with what just happened, with what's still happening? Mm-hmm. What, you know, you know, we, we get ready, get ready, get ready, repent. We even said that, repent. And, and so, you know, we gave the, um, the, the information about salvation and, um, you know, God loves us. So for a babe in Christ, or even some of us more mature people, mm-hmm. we wonder, okay, how do I know that I'm, 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 my heart is pure? What does God want me to do? Um, he used this corona as a as a warning. So now that I'm warning, he's got my attention. Where do I go from here to stay in step with his will and spirit? How, I mean, we know, just like um, Jesus just so eloquently explained to us, I read those passages before scripture because I know I've read the whole Bible more than once, right? Mm-hmm. But I never saw it that way. I never saw that only two people made it in. I never saw that there were eight after the flood, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. So it's like, okay, using that as an example, so you, you, you know, we're Christians. We say, yes, we love the Lord. What's next? Okay, the coronavirus here, and this is a sign. So what do I do? What now? Mm-hmm. You answer that, but I'm going to okay. say what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me what now is it's not business as usual. Like we That's said. right. That's right. It is not business as usual. Um, I know for me, without even being, you know, um, um, forward conscious of it, I have grown during this time because I've been intentional about it. Um, you know, just like the I like doctor, that word intentional. Intentional. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Perfect. Very important. Um, so just like the doctors, I'll give this example. Um, anybody, not only the doctors, even me in my in my profession, we have to stay current on what um, the medicine is. You know, we have to study. Mm-hmm. We have to practice. We have to, you know, do certain things to keep our certification, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. updated, relevant, and current. Same thing with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change like some of Thank those goodness. Amen. Amen. But we do, just like I just said, I never saw that scripture in that way until last week when I heard it. I was like, wow, what is that? And so we had our conversation. Mm-hmm. And so here I am in this call having this exchange with you and our listeners and viewers, you know. And so what does that do? I am getting into his word. I am rightly dividing it, as you said. I'm trying to, you know, make myself more knowledgeable of the things of Christ. Mm-hmm. And right. so that's one of the things I know to do mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. And the thing is to want to, to share with others. Yeah. Yes. Now, when we talk about preparing ourselves, it's not very complicated. Mm-hmm. It isn't. Because the Bible confirms and assures us that every one of us that has relinquish our lives into the care of Jesus Christ and have allowed him to be the head and the lordship of our lives, we are saved. And that salvation that they're talking about Mm -hmm. is not only salvation from the power of sin, because sin has its own drawing power, okay? And sin, when we think of sin, 
we think of some real egregious, gross things, murder, rape, thieving, okay? But if you look at the Beatitudes and some of the scriptures that Jesus taught, he says if you look, if you, if you um, uh, look lustfully after a man or a woman that's not yours, it's the same as committing adultery. Mm-hmm. Now, that's kind of strong. Mm-hmm. And you haven't touched nobody. You haven't even said a word to them. But in your mind, there's some things going on. Okay? And so he even told the disciples, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you're going to have a problem. Okay? So the Pharisees kept the law. They weren't, they weren't you know, they weren't living a nickel worth of it, but they have, that law was, was their guidance, but their hearts were not a part of it. They were going, they were doing the works. They go to church every Sunday. They put the little box on their head. They wrap the thing around their arm. They wear the tassels on their robe. I mean, they did all of the outward things that presented to everybody that was looking to them that they were so holy, that they were the men of God. But he said, inside of you all is just like a, a bunch of uh, snakes. Okay, so salvation is what Jesus Christ provides to us that takes place in our spirit. You see, when God created us, the Bible says in Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image. And that's what he did. But our image doesn't mean that God looked like me, right? God does not look like, you know, phys- the phys- it's not about the physicality. Mm-hmm. It's about spirituality. Yeah. God is spirit, and he made me in his image. So I'm really a spirit. So salvation comes first to deliver my, to, to, to bring, bring life back to me, because when, when sin took place in the garden, what wound up happening is, is that sin wound up separating our, us from our relationship with the Father. So every child born after Adam and Eve were born disconnected from God. They had no spiritual life. Okay? They had a soul. They had a body. But there was no spiritual connection to God. And that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you know you got to be born again, right? And Nicodemus said, no, how am I going to go back in my mother's womb and be born again? And he said, you're supposed to be teaching people and you don't know this. They were supposed to have understood this. There has to be a spiritual reconnection to God in order for you to even be able to commune with God. You see what I'm saying? And we give him access to that by his acceptance of repentance. That's right. By you accepting the lordship of Jesus Christ. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Okay, repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Okay, and be baptized and you'll receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this, this is a huge package that God's provided for us. Salvation, the Holy Ghost, eternal life. It's all available to us. However, how do we appropriate that into our lives? That's where the disconnect comes. That's it. You read it. It's like you said, you read these scriptures all over and over again, but it just didn't click. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, but the thing of it is, is that 
at some point when the Holy Spirit shows up, his responsibility, according to the scriptures, is to teach us all things. Mm-hmm. Show us what's getting ready to show. Show us what's getting ready to go down. Okay, he leads us. He guides us. He tells us what to say. Jesus told his disciples, "Look, when they when they take you to court, don't be trying to figure out what you're gonna say because the Holy Spirit gonna gonna speak through you. They're gonna say what I want you to say. You know what I'm saying? And this is coming through faith. You have to believe that all of these things that God is promising His Word is absolutely positively true." Salvation is already yours. He's already told you you're my child. And since you're my child, I got you. Satan can't touch you, okay, because I've taken you and i put you inside my son. And it's almost like the, the analogy that I give to people is, you ever seen a pregnant woman? That baby's in his mama's belly and can't nobody touch it. You see, it's protected. It's provided for it's fed. All those things are happening while that baby is in that inside that mama's womb until it is the, the birth takes place and it comes out into the to the world. So we're in Christ. We're protected. We're covered. He provides for us. He's our everything. So it is in him that all 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 that we're doing, even the little mishaps and the mistakes that we make, they're all happening while we're in Christ. So all of the things that God provided through Jesus Christ is available to us. That's forgiveness of sin. That's, you know, peace of mind. That's joy. You know, all those things that that the world can't offer us, Jesus has given to us. And then God says, if you believe on me, guess what? I haven't, I'm not, I haven't uh, apportioned you to wrath. In other words, you won't see my wrath. When the wrath comes upon the world, you'll be gone. Because my son's going to come and he's going to receive you and take you back to those mansions that he told you about he made for you in John 14. I've gone to prepare a place for you. The way I'll be, you're going to be also. Well, all that is all that has been in the making. And now Jesus is going to have to come and get us before he's got to be revealed. He hasn't been revealed, but I believe he's in the earth. But we don't know who he is. But that, I think, will be the culminating thing that helps us know, oh, yeah, we're at the door. Jesus is at the door, and you keep start looking up, looking you know, up because you know. your redemption draws not. Did I answer your question? No. Yes. Um, she said no. <laughs> who said no? Somebody said no. Who said no? Hello? They so, say who it was. You did answer, and you gave a whole lot more. But the question, if you all remember, was, um, you know, where do we find that? Nadine called it the odds of getting into heaven. Remember? Mm-hmm. And you went over, and just so we can make sure everybody heard it, and um, you said two made it in, and then eight remained after the flood. And you gave us scriptures in Genesis and in First Peter um, 3 and 20. And um, Numbers 3, uh, 32, 10 through 12, and 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 11, 1 through 11. Mm-hmm. Those are the references that you gave. So does anybody have any more question on that, any comment, any, what you hear? No I know comment. for me, it's enlightened. Um, huh? What did you say, sweetheart? 
Did somebody say something? Yes, I did. Can y'all hear um, me? He missed... Yes. Go ahead, darling. Thank you. Hey, darling. Good things. Um, what you ladies are saying about the, you know, only the two making it to the promised land and the, and the eight from Noah. It also reminds me of the the virgins, the ten virgins, how we're waiting for the bridegroom and only half of them were ready. That's right. So that's that's right. another reference. That's another reference. That's another reference. Did you hear Alicia? The conversion when only half of them were ready. Yeah, when he says that there were ten ten versions, five wives and five foolish, and half of them made it and the other half of them did not, you know, so that that is a very good, uh, very good, uh, uh, also a scripture that tells you that everybody's not going to go in. The truth of the matter is we can complicate this process by going through a lot of doctrinal uh, situations that, you know, will probably have us going down some rabbit hole, but it's very clear and cut clear cut what God says saves your soul. And that's Jesus Christ. That is your, you surrendering your 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 life. The, the, the thing that got us in trouble in the garden was the fact that Adam decided that he did not want to, he wanted to be charged with his own life. He wanted to live independent of God's, God's instruction because he heard God say, don't eat of that tree or you're going to die. That was God's warning. And it's the same warning to us today that God is saying, no, you don't want, you don't want to defy my word. And if I tell you that salvation comes through Jesus Christ, through you giving, you know, making him the Lord of your life, when, when, and I know we're so far removed from kings and queens and stuff like that. We don't know, we don't know about that kind of lifestyle in America, okay, because we don't have any monarchs and things like that going on. But Whoever the king is of the land rules. People that are under that kingship rulership do what the king say, or they wind up in jail. Okay? So the point that God is trying to tell you is that I sent my son to save you so that Satan did not have to, so that Satan can't continue to distract you and, 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 um, and deceive you into his life and living according to his plan. So Adam and Eve chose Satan's plan. They defied God's plan and took Satan's plan. God didn't like it. Okay, so we have the same. We have the same responsibility today. Yes. Once you hear the gospel, supposed to be the good news. That look, you do not have to. You do not have to. Uh, go through my wrath. You do not have to suffer what's getting ready to come on this planet because this planet is about to be destroyed. Everything you see that you've been vying for and trying to get the cars and the houses and the money and the careers and all these other things that we've been chasing after all our lives, and then one day God shook us up and took it all away from us. You see what I'm saying? Everything is on lockdown. And everybody's trying to act like, well, no, it ain't. We can still go back to work. Go, go, go. Yeah, let me know how that works for you. Go. <laughs> you Not know? even some of those doors are locked. Those who have no choice to go, who are covered by the blood of the Lamb, can go. They can go by faith. I mean, the first responders, look at the nurses, the doctors, and all those people, they have to go. 
somebody had a comment, Nadine. Okay. Go ahead, darling. Well, I was saying that some people want to go back to work, but their job, literally the doors are locked. <laughs> they can't go in. You know, oh, like you said, in? everyone, yeah, the, you know, the office buildings, all these things are closed. You know, they want to act like, like you said, right. that, they, that nothing's going on, that they can do whatever they want. But no, they're telling yeah. you to stay, you know. <laughs> right. They said stay home. And I, w- I was telling um, uh, my husband today that uh, somebody somebody uh, reached out to me and, and they were asking me, you know, well, when, you know, when were we going to come, when, when, we, when, we, when we were going to give up the, the, what do you call it? The, the distancing or whatever it is like that. that we're, yeah, that we're supposed to keep away. I thought it's going to be a long time for y'all to see me and Johnny. It's going to be a long time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause we, we, we know that, and, and even the government tells you that those people who are susceptible and who are high risk, who are elderly, you know, most of the people that died from this thing, they were those of us with compromised immune system, older people, whose systems are not able to fight it off. So I know Psalm 91, and I believe Psalm 91, but I'm not going to tempt God. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to do that. Because he he put, the, he put the governmental officials in place, and they told you stay at home. And then they come back the next week and say, now you can go out. But the whole point of it is, is that once you've given your life to Christ, you are assured of your salvation. You are assured that when Jesus shows up, he's taking you back with him. It does not mean that you have lived an exemplary life because, believe me, you will not be able to live an exemplary life because we're not God. We're still in these decaying carcasses. This is where the sin principle has its power. But as we grow, we will get stronger. As we go through the trials and tribulations that are in our lives, we're going to start overcoming some stuff. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You just don't keep on laying down and letting sin rule over you. When you feel the anger burning, you know, getting ready to register in your heart, you know, you can cause your mind to, to focus on whatever caused you to get angry in the first place, and believe me, it's going to blow up. Because you didn't take that thought captive. You let it have its way in you. And before you know it, not only was your chest burning up, now your ears are burning up because you're so mad. Next thing you know, things coming out your mouth that you can't take back. You see? But the battlefield is right up here in our head. As long as it's in our mind, Jesus said, cast that thought down. Make it obey me. What does my word say? Make it obey me. Why is it so necessary that you get your point across? Why do you have to, you know, somebody said something to hurt you, and now you got to go back and hurt them back? Why? They don't know what they're doing. You know what you're doing. Always got a choice. Always got a choice. And so what will you choose? What will you choose? He said, those that don't know to do right going to be beaten with few stripes. But those who know to do right and don't do it, you're going to be beaten with many stripes because you know better. So we get we, we get to get up every single morning and watch the sunrise. Our lungs are filled with air and our loved ones are here. You know what? That's a sign to you that God has given you another day to get it right. You may have messed up yesterday, 
okay? You may have said some things. Now you repent. Repent means that you go back, turn the other way, and do the opposite. So if I cussed you out yesterday, I just can't say I'm sorry and move on. Now I've got to use my mouth to say things to lift you up and encourage you. It's in Ephesians. Repentance looks like something. Okay? It's an action, and it has fruit to it. God has given us everything in his word that pertains to life and godliness so that we won't lack anything. All we need to do is go there, get in his word, eat it like life, your life depended on it, because it does. He said in his word, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't know me and they don't know my word. Therefore, they're out there, you know, they're susceptible to anything and everything Satan says because they have no way to discern good from evil, right from wrong. That's where you start. Any more questions? We're getting ready to close out. we got three minutes. Any comments? No. Amen. Well, Father God, I'm going to take that to mean that you have said enough, that you have given us enough information, Lord, to help us to prepare ourselves for our soon-coming king. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that those that are listening here tonight, that they understand your love for them, Lord, that you've got a plan for their way out, and it's Jesus. He's the only way out. So we're asking you in Jesus' name, Father God, to move upon their hearts, cause them to know that all they have to do is repent, change their mind, change the direction and turn toward you, that you would save them, Father God, that you would save them from the soon coming destruction, that you would guide them by your Holy Spirit and provide everything that they need. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their testimonies, Father, that will come out of this series of things, Lord God, that you're having uh, to come upon this world, but you promised that you would save them. And that we believe in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So you all, thank you so much Amen. for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for Amen. your uh, interaction and your questions. And praise God. Hopefully the Lord willing, we will see you next week. Amen. Thank you. Good night. God bless Good night, you. All. Good night. Amen. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. All righty. God is so good. Amen. All Ooh. right, darling. I don't know how to uh Okay, here we go. Meeting. I know, but it's uh